Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. It is three points on home league debut for Stephen Clements as he took his Gillingham side to within touching distance of the League Two playoff places with a 3-1 victory this afternoon over Salford City. Our visitors from Manchester, goals from Conor Mahoney, uh, Dom Jeffries is the third one. In between that, a header, would you believe, from Tom Nichols. Uh, Matt Smith getting the consolation, uh, what turned out to be a consolation anyway, for the visitors. As Gillingham ran out 3-1 victors and what has been a very, very promising week for the club with the opening of the mega store. A lot of hard work went into that over its opening um, opening last night and you know very, very busy in there today as well as you'd expect. It was rounded off with a nice three points and victory at Bruce Hill in Stephen Clements, his first home league game as Jules manager and you know, what a better place to get started, Lewis, as um, you'll join me now then to say that everything we spoke about on Thursday after um, failing to score goals, not knowing where we're going to get the goals from, I think we were basically speaking it into existence, weren't we? And it did the trick, so I think if anyone's got anyone to thank, it'll be me and you for that one. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, I think that's about right, Owen, to be fair. I think we can we can take all the credit, you know. But no, seriously, um, yeah, really good afternoon overall. Um, it was a weird sort of first 15, 20 minutes because it was so quiet. Um, it was a bit flat on and off the field, to be fair. And, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't I wasn't best pleased at half time, to be fair. And looking back now, my tweet probably sounds a bit harsh, um, saying that Salford are better than us. We've got so far to go. Um, but, you know, in the second half, it all, it all just came together. And I think that was definitely the best we played in a half this season. Um, the best we played for a long time. I think Brad's tweeted out how long it was since we last scored three at home in front of fans, and it's been literal years. So, yeah, really, really enjoyable. I said a lot of the time when we were talking about Neil Harris's dismissal, you know, I just want to enjoy watching my team, and I enjoyed that second half a lot and enjoyed, you know, it could have been four um, with the, the crossbar being hit, and I think it was Jaden Clark missed the follow-up where it cleared off the line. And, yeah, it was just you know, a really enjoyable half and a few goals and three points to go with it. And, you know, yeah, it is just a start, but we're getting there. And, you know, it's amazing how much something like this can, can lift your mood overall and lift the mood around the club after a really successful week with, with the store as well. Do you remember the last game, Lewis, where we did score those three goals? I think Brad tweeted it was like December 2019 or something like that. I know. Can you remember, can you remember the game? Uh, what What the game was? Yeah. No. So take a punt. It was COVID era at Brucefield. So uh, no fans. Oh, so there oh, so there weren't fans. Okay. There um, weren't, no. Was it MK Dons? It was not. It was a three one victory over Ipswich. Oh yeah. We went the goals in that game. Uh, yeah, the breakaway goal from uh, Jordan Graham as well. Uh, good times, even well not good times because we couldn't see it. But regardless, it has been a long time and um yeah, I agree with you in terms of uh what we saw, uh, we'll, we'll get into it more in depth, but I'd put that down as our, our best 45 minutes of the season so far. Um, I think second half, after a, a relatively flat, but even first half of both sides, I don't think even manager would have gone in at half-time particularly pleased with the performances from either side. But I think second half, we really took control of the game and, and I thought we were, certainly for the vast majority of the second half, I thought we were sensational. It's a threat every time we went forward, which we haven't been able to say a lot at all this season. I thought everyone in the second half was really, really strong. Really good performances from absolutely everyone on the pitch, from the subs that came on to the team that were there. Um, 
it was a very deserved deserved victory indeed. And um, yeah, Lewis, we'll get on to uh, get on to the tail of the tape, as it were, just after we uh, look through the uh, the team sheet that Stephen Clements went for today again in his first home league game as Jules manager. Uh, there was changes. Um, not sure we were expecting too many to be made, but there were. Uh, one of them uh, enforced by the sounds of it through potential injury. We don't know yet. I, I haven't listened to the full press conference, but I'm sure it has been asked. And uh, that was uh, an injury to Scott Malone, which meant the team was as follows. Jack Tur- uh, Jake Turner, sorry, in goal. Che Alexander, Conor Marston, Shadrach Ogie, Max Clark came in for Scott Malone, who hopefully is uh, not out for too long. Uh, Ethan Coleman, Dom Jeffries in the front three of George Lapsley, Johnny Williams and Conor Mahoney. So the change there being Jaden Clark dropping out. And then the start for Tom Nichols over Macaulay Bond. Um, obviously paid, paid his dues to Stephen Clements for that decision. We'll come on to that a little bit later on. Uh, Glenn Morris, Max Aymer, uh, Sean Williams with an unused substitute with Tim Dieng, Macaulay Bond, Jaden Clark and Ashley Naderson coming on throughout the game. Uh, for Salford City, Alex Kearns in goal. Fear of Vassell, Curtis Tilt, Luke Garbert who had to come off a... Uh, pretty early on in the game, I think after about half an hour or so due to injury. Um, Declan John, Elliot Watt, Stephen Mallon, Conor McLean, uh, Matthew Lund, Ryan Watson, and of course, the man who always scored against us and did it again today, but we'll be uh, less bothered about that now, of course, the uh, talisman of, uh, of of our demise in recent years, Matt Smith. Um, but yeah, Lewis, when you when you got to two o'clock this afternoon, you saw the team sheet. Um, I looked at it first and I thought my main worry was that team scored two goals uh, in the league amongst them, all of them this season, um, which I think is, is, is a valid reason to be a bit sceptical. Um, we didn't go to it at front, which a lot of people clamoured for. But, you know, in, in hindsight, you can say it worked. You know, yeah, you have to hold your hands up and say, from my point of view, I'm saying anyway, that I looked at it, I wasn't particularly confident with it. But it worked out. And as long as it works out, whatever way it does, you're happy about it, aren't you? So what were, what were your first thoughts in terms of uh, the changes and, and, and what you saw from that first 11 that got released at two o'clock? Yeah, the first thing I sort of noticed was that Nichols was obviously playing up front on his own. Um, not really been a big fan of that because, you know, today was his his first goal in the league this season, I believe. Um, he's not really been a natural goal scorer throughout his career. He's someone who's more sort of linking the play, wants to get involved, um, that sort of thing. So I, I, I sort of, I tweeted out my team this morning. And it had Nichols and Bon up front together because I just thought it was sort of, you know, your number nine Bon with Nichols playing off him almost. And I didn't really think that would happen because, you know, I've not I've not really looked too much, I suppose, into what sort of system Clemens wants to play. I did speak to him about it on Friday, but he, he did say that systems are quite fluid. And I think we've seen that with his team so far. Um, I wasn't at Hereford, but the Fulham game, he sort of played a 4-4-2 with sort of a 4-5-1 out of possession of Lewis Walker playing on the right and up front. And then the Wrexham game was a little bit different with Conor Mahoney playing in centre midfield. And then today, it, it sort of started off a similar sort of system, really, with uh, Jeffries playing a little bit in front of Coleman. Um, you could tell Coleman was sort of playing central in a 4-3-3 to start, really. And, you know, I suppose in that sort of way that allows both midfielders to get forward rather than just there being more pressure on Lapsley to do it. It allows Jeffries to do it as well, which obviously we saw with his goal. And yeah, that was the main thing that stood out for me is that Nichols was on his own because I wasn't really sold on it. But I understand as well that these days a lot of sort of managers that want to keep the ball a lot more rarely do go to up front. Um, I did wonder if he's going to do it late on, but he obviously put Nadison out wide. Um <clears throat> 
yeah, I think you, you always look for the changes. I was looking for and expecting a few changes today after the disappointment of last week. Uh, so I wasn't surprised really to see people come in. Obviously, no one could have expected Max Clark coming in, in for Scott Malone. But, you know, hopefully Scott's issue sorted out sooner rather than later. And then, yeah, obviously George Lapsley came in as well. thought Jalen Clark struggled against Wrexham. So good to change that. And I think Johnny Williams as well. I'm a lot more comfortable now with him playing theoretically out wide because, you know, we spoke Owen about how he's been almost anonymous, really, playing out wide under Neil Harris. But now after Wrexham and today, he's been absolutely fantastic in both games and where he's allowed to enjoy a little bit more of the ball. You know, you think of the assist for Nichols' goal and he's not forced to try and sort of be a winger and play off second ball sort of thing, then it's a lot more effective and a lot more beneficial. So, yeah, I was a little bit worried about the team, but it came to fruition and, you know, like you say, it paid off and that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, we're going to go into in depth more later on and Jolly Williams is part of the three players uh, I picked out to do a in-depth focus on. Um Matt, I know you're you're with us as well. Um just on the on the topic of in focus. I'll, I'll let you know who the players are now and uh, you, you you can we can decide who gets who to talk about. So Lewis as you've already brought him up later on uh, when we get onto it you can cover Johnny Williams for us and his performance. Um Matt I'm gonna give you the choice of uh for later on's portion in the show. Would you like to cover the performance of Max Clark or Tom Nichols, and I will take the other one. Well, we all know the uh, <clears throat> love affair, uh, love affair you have with Tom Nichols, so I'll, I'll take Max Clark. Oh, I was actually going to take. Oh, she wanted Max Clark to be fair, but that's fine. That's fine. Oh, oh, well, no, no, no. You know, if if you wanted him, you can have him. But I know you you just have a deep love affair with Tom Nichols and headers, so I thought you know you might want to talk about that. No, not, not anymore. I've, I haven't done it yet this season. It's down to 16 to 1s now, so it's not really worth it. But I'm glad he's finally figured out how to do it. Bit, probably about eight months too late, but we take it. Um, but yeah, Matt, firstly, um, welcome back to the channel. We know you, you, you've been away for uh, a little bit, not been on the on the shows, the breakfast shows. Um, you know, um, but you are back now with us, and it is, it's great to have you back on the show. So first and foremost, we hope you're, you're keeping very well. And then give us your... Give us your uh, your your thoughts today because obviously I spoke to you at half time and uh, you said you you wanted to come back soon and, and here you are and I said to you well I'm hoping it's a it's a happy reason to come back tonight and uh, it was one one at the time of course and thankfully for for me you and everyone listening it's worked out that way yeah and and you know what I saw um, I, I saw a lot of positives from today actually in that first half. Um, the, the the more I think back of it, for me, you know, the, the way the players sort of were set up in that first half, it was kind of like they were learning what they were doing on the job. You could see the clogs kind of turning. You could see kind of them trying to get into positions, but it's sort of just not clicking in that first half. But yeah, that second half was, I thought, was absolutely excellent. I think that's the best we've played all, uh, sort of all season in, in the second half. The only thing I've kind of worried about is you know, I've said it before, is it, we're, we're sort of, we're a team of two halves. One half, we're not great. Second half, you know, we're better, which is great. And we it was the same last week at Wrexham. It's pretty much been the tale of our, our, our season. So if we can keep that performance up within the second half and do that over 90 minutes, we're going to start scoring four, five, six goals. And when Man United come in here in the FA Cup, we will beat them 7-0. It's like he's never been away, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, Matt, on, on the, um, we spoke to Lewis about the starting 11. What did you make of it in terms of the, the changes that were made and how did you feel going into kickoff having uh, seen the 11 that was going to take the field? Well, you know, obviously I've been crying out for two up front and I was kind of hoping that's what we were going to see today. Um, and when the team sheet came out, I was, to be honest, quite shocked. I, I expected Bond to be on the team sheet. I was glad Nichols was was brought in. Um, I, I knew it was going to be too soon to bring um, Nadison on and, and to have him starting. So to have him on the bench was a great option. But yeah, I was I, I was a bit shocked. But actually, when I looked at it and sort of especially the way we lined up, um, sort of as the game started and progressed, and you could see where people were playing, I actually was quite confident. I could kind of see, as I said, what he's trying to do, Clements is trying to do, and. I think there is a very strong foundation there to build on. And look, he's had one whole week on the training ground trying to learn this style of football that he's trying to get across to the players. We've got another full week on the training ground next week. And, you know, if we've had one week where we scored three goals, honestly, this is what I'm saying. I, I generally believe we've got ability in this squad. We know we've had ability and... For whatever reason, under Neil Harris, it, it just didn't materialise. You know, yeah, we had a great little start to the season, but yeah, it was one nils, one nils, one nils, one nils. You know, we scored three goals today. Let, let's 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 drink that in tonight. Let's enjoy that. But look, tomorrow, let's get back on the training ground. Let's work hard and look, let's put four past whoever it is we're playing. I forgot whoever it is we're playing next week, but let's put four past them next week because we have got the ability, we have got the squad, and that starting lineup, you know. Yet some people may have been worried. Look, you know, look what they did. You know, that that was the same starting lineup that that, that put us one nil up. You know, okay, we the, Matt Smith scored a, a quite a good goal. We're sure we talk about that later on. But um, I think just generally this this squad, this the whole entire squad, no matter who starts, I think there was still quality there. And Stephen Clements, I think, can get the best out of this group. And I, I look the playoffs. We're just outside it now. There's still a long way to go in this season. Look what happened to Wrexham today. Teams will slip up. I've got faith in this squad and I've got faith in Stephen Clements. And whatever team he puts out, I feel is going to go out and do a job. Yeah, of course. I said earlier, we're now level one points with the uh, player positions, I believe. And uh, the next game's coming up uh, off the top of my head. We have the trip to Tranmere. Uh, which, you know, given how they are doing at the minute, is very much a winnable game, you'd have to say, although another ground we don't have a particularly stellar record at in recent years. Um, and then we face AFC Wimbledon at home on the, the following Tuesday, and then it's uh, FA Cup weekend, as obviously we host Cholton after they beat Cray Valley in that replay on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, Lewis, yeah, let's, let's let's get into the game itself. And um, I'd say certainly the first 10, 15 minutes is what you describe as a bit of a non-event, wasn't it? Um Salford's very eager to get on the ball, very eager to have possession and you know, did it in a, in a way where they weren't hurting us. They were having the better of the game, if you like, in terms of having the ball. But at that point in the game, there wasn't really anything sticking out between the two teams. They held possession well, but ultimately couldn't really force it into a chance of, of, of any note. Um, there was one slide ball put into put into Luke Garber before he went off injured, which he couldn't really take down properly and it ended up going through to Turner. But other than that, the first... 10, 15 minutes, it, it, it seemed to be a game that was going to be scrappy. It was going to be, you know, tight in certain areas. And it was sort of just waiting for a moment or so for, for it to come to life. And that was really what the first, first really 15, 20 minutes was. There was that 
half chance I mentioned from Luke Garbutt, but that was basically it. Salford probably at that point were thinking they had the better of the game and we hadn't really got out of the blocks at that point. But as I said, you, you want something to open the game up and sometimes that can be a, a, a piece of quality from an individual player. And we've got that through uh, through Conor Mahoney, Mahoney and the goal that opened the scoring this afternoon. He's probably the one player, maybe alongside Johnny Williams as well, who you know has that moment in his locker that can create something out of nothing. Um, it was a ball into the box um, from Max Clark. Looked like it was going to fall for seriously for um, Tom Nichols. Looked like it was going to take it down, swivel and get the shot away, but couldn't quite manage the space. Pulled it back to Conor Mahoney, took one touch, opened his body up, saw the space and bent it into the far corner of that wonderful left foot of his. And it's something we've become accustomed to with Conor, isn't it? It's not going to go in every single time, but it reminded me a bit of his uh, his struck against Swindon, although that was deflected. We've seen him put one into the top corner against... Um, against Morecambe as well. So we know he's a player who, who can deliver that sort of quality. And, you know, when you're wanting something to open a game up like that, sometimes to stop a game from being scrappy, it can take a moment of quality. And as as I said before, we've seen it before with Connor. I'm sure we're going to see it again. And, and today he showed it for us. And it, it got us uh, it got us the lead in the game that needed something, didn't it, to, to open it up because it was a dull affair to that point. But Connor, once again, provided that moment of magic for us. Yeah, it was a weird start. It was it was very flat. Um, Clements and Stockdale obviously got their welcome from the crowd. Um, <clears throat> and, and he was saying at the launch of the club shop, like, oh, I've heard about the Rain Men, I've heard what they can do. And, you know, that first 20 minutes, he must have been thinking, like, what? You know, it was really, really quiet. Um, I think we lacked confidence at the start of the game. I was a little bit, a little bit nervy. Obviously, we conceded early last week. Um, we haven't seen what we're trying to do, or hadn't seen what we were trying to do come to fruition yet. Um, <clears throat> and Salford, I thought, were the better team for the first half, really, or at least up until Mahoney's goal. Um, I think they're an interesting team because it's so easy to be a direct team in this league if you've got a big forward. And Matt Smith is probably the best header of a ball in this league. You know, we know what he's done throughout his career. You know, we've we've experienced it firsthand throughout his career. And obviously it happened again. And, you know, they had the potential to just be a bit direct. Obviously, they were towards the end, but they weren't really early on. They were moving the ball quite well and it almost felt as if, you know, they were doing what we were trying to do, but just n- knew what they were doing a lot more um, until we sort of kicked into life. But, yeah, like you say, with... Mahoney's ability, um, he's one of those players that can produce that. I think he plays his role really well, or played his role really well today, because, you know, he played centre midfield against Wrexham, and I can't remember if it was Clemens or Stockdale said yesterday, they, they name-dropped him as one of the players that were, you know, a bit, that had the best ability on the ball at the club, him and Johnny Williams, I think they said. So that probably explains why he was put in centre midfield, but out wide, he's not a winger that's going to hit the byline and get a cross in, really. You know, he's he's obviously left-footed playing on the right side more often than not. And, you know, if, if Alexander or, or, or Lapsley went past him, he was happy enough to drop back and sort of pick the ball up. And I think he played the role really well and he does his defensive work as well. Um, I think it's been a brilliant signing. And, yeah, the, when he was sort of trying to make space for himself... Um, the, the Morecambe game came into my head, really, when you know what he's got in his locker. He had another effort as well afterwards, didn't he, that, that went sort of well over. But, yeah, I think he's he's a player that can do that. And I think it's been a really good signing. Um, he'd definitely be in every team we have from the start, in my opinion. And I think he's enjoying it as well. So, 
yeah, it was flat at the start. It was very strange, but that goal sort of kicked us into life. And even after Smith scored as well, you you could sense that people were sort of saying, you know, like go and go again. You know, we we want to be able to score more than one now. So um, yeah, that was where it picked up picked up. I think. Matt, it certainly was that that type of game, as as, as Lewis said at the first. 15, 20 minutes was quite flat. Salford probably did have the better of it. But when you've got someone like Conor Mahoney who can produce moments like that, it, it gives everyone around, everyone else around the team a lot of confidence that if they get the ball to him, there's a good chance something good can come with it, whether it's an assist or whether it's a, a smart finish like we saw today. And he is proven to be probably one of the best signings we made over the summer. I know he's, he's had his off games here and there, but every player will. If not, he wouldn't be played in League Two. But... I think as soon as he starts showing the consistency to do it frequently in games, which I think he will do, I think he's more than capable of doing. I think he's going to be someone who's already had a good first half of the season, but I think he may well end up being one of our most important ones in the second half of the season if we are to fully close that gap into the into the playoffs and, and get where we want to be. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. He is he's definitely a quality player, and I mean, obviously, the goal kind of proved it. Although I've got to say, I. I must say I was a bit uh, disappointed the fact that Tom didn't obviously strike because I thought there was an opportunity for him to have the strike. But obviously, yeah, when it fell to to Connor, he's, he's put it in. But his performances, that even when he's had an off game, there there are still spells of you know five minutes of magic, as I, I, I used to, as sorry as my dad used to say, uh, you know, they have these five minutes of magic in a game, and and he's capable of doing that. And you're right, he's probably. For me, it's it, it's either him or Malone are are signing so far of the of 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 this season because they are both you know championship quality players and we've got them in League Two. But look, you know Mahoney, w- w- whatever happens, whether you know he's obviously he's, I think we've got him till the end of the season. As long as we can play to his strengths, he'll have a great game. He'll deliver for us and he'll keep scoring goals and. Look, when we got you've got a player of that quality in your team, you've got to be able to use him. And we have got quality, as I said, all all across that pitch, but he's definitely, you know, definitely right up there with one of the signings of the summer. Yeah, an expert goal, expertly taken by Conor Mahoney. Uh Lewis, we'll we'll go on to um what you described uh next as the most Matt Smith goal ever. Um we know from years of supporting Jules, he has a very, very good record against us, uh, most notably during the I want to say 2014-15 season, I think it was, maybe 15-16, um, when we played Bristol City in every cup competition imaginable, back when uh, they had uh, Matt Smith, Jerry Emmanuel Thomas, um, Marlon Pack, Scott Wagstaff, a couple of former Jules players in there. And uh, specifically, our game I remember is a um, JPT game, as, or as it was known back then anyway. When we played Bristol City, I think we must have lost... 14 it was. Yeah, I was trying to figure the aggregate score. I think we lost the away 1-2-1, didn't we? Yeah, or something like that. It was the first game after Peter Taylor got sacked, that home game. Oh, well, there you go. I just remember Jermaine McGlashan scored in the away game. I couldn't remember if we lost it or not. But Matt Smith put four passes at Priestfield uh, that, that evening and scored all four of them. I think he got a couple in the league over two games as well. And I can't remember if he scored in the... Uh, a Carabao Cup game, but he probably did. Um, but the point is, he's someone who has a very, very good record against us. And um, Lewis, he, he turned up again for the books, unfortunately. Yeah, thankfully, it didn't matter too much in the end. But uh, talk us through what you uh, what you put down on Twitter as the most Matt Smith goal ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always frustrating when you go up and then you're pegged back. It's always, you know, it doesn't take the smartest football fan to 
to know how different it is to be a one all um, when you've been one nil up com- compared to when you've been one nil down. And everyone knows about Matt Smith. You know, every single time we play a team that he's in, you know, we all think back to that Bristol City game where he scored all four. Um, you know, he's played at a higher level as well, so we know what he's about. And I think someone else as well, I can't remember who it was, said he was the best header in in the league. And a lot of the time, he was one on one with Shad Ogie, uh today. I think Shad generally did a good job. Um, obviously, it was just the one goal and then the header that went wide as well. Um, but I think I think Ogie is one of the best defenders in the league as well. So it was a good battle. Um, obviously, the goal was really frustrating because we got a cross in and Salford are obviously going to play to their strengths and get balls into the box for Smith to attack. And he's so dangerous. You could see Ogie, you know, a lot of time, like you could just, even if you just watch them too from the ball about to come into the box or from a set piece, whoever Smith was with, you could see the attention they're paying. It's just so obvious what Salford are going to do, really. And there was a bit of frustration that we weren't stopping the crosses at source. Um, Obviously, it's easier said than done, but we were letting way too many crosses into the box first half. Um, And then, yeah, we let one happen. And then he he gets a cross Ogie with a good header. You know, like like I said, that's that's what he does. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating, really. But after the goal went in, you know, Ogie's not one to let his head drop and did a good job on him for the rest of the game. Um, And I sensed as well the crowd, at least where I was in the Medway stand-upper, People sort of saying, you know, like, let's go again. You know, we can score again. We'll have the faith. It doesn't mean it's game over. Um, and, yeah, that that was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't one all for long, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. And quite impressed with how we reacted. But the goal, the goal was frustrating. Yeah, Matt, it was, it was an interesting battle between Shad and, and Matt Smith. We know Shad's been excellent for the vast majority of... Uh, of this season, and we saw that Salford's game plan really, and you know, you don't begrudge him for it when you've got a player like Matt Smith in there, was to play the ball um, around the edge of the box, get it towards um, the sides, either left or right, and then make the angle for the crossing opportunity. Because when you have someone of the calibre of Matt Smith in there, with the height that he has, you know, nine times out of ten, he's probably going to get the header on top, he's probably going to get the header in front of the defender just due to his power and his size. Uh, I was actually watching it, and it was just making me think, well, if only we had. We had Ollie Hawkins fit and available. We'd have our own version of that. Currently, uh, isn't isn't possible due to the injury. But it was quite a position that I I felt a lot of um, jealousy towards that they had a player who was capable of uh, filling that sort of mould of a striker that we haven't got at the minute due to obviously the injury to Hawkins. But I suppose it, it's one of them that, if anything, when that went in and he scored that goal, I was frustrated because I thought we we just got in front. We wanted to pile on the pressure, and whether it was going to be another one of those where. You know, like the Morgan game where we, we took the lead and then conceded pretty quickly after and we had to find a way back into it and hold out whether it was going to make the game a bit more frustrating and a bit more open than we'd like it to be. But it didn't turn out that way. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think one of the points, Matt, is it, you, you, look, you look towards January, which I know isn't that important to think about right now, but that's the sort of one calibre of player we're missing, I think, isn't it? Not Matt Smith in particular, but someone of that ilk. Because if Ollie Hawkins isn't going to be coming back anytime soon, and we don't really know, unfortunately, due to the obscurity of his injury, that someone like Matt Smith, not Matt Smith in particular, because that won't happen, but that mould of a tall, bullying striker who's got a lot of physical power, can head the ball, is is sort of the calibre of player that I think we need to complete the front line in January, isn't it? Oh, yeah, classic Matt started talking when uh, I hadn't unmuted myself. Yeah, absolutely right. First off, I've got to say, actually, though, with the goal, because 
I'm one of these boring people that when the game's happening, I sometimes watch opposing players and how they're running and sort of more watch them. And I, I was watching Matt Smith actually just went when he scored the goal and he was actually on Max Clark at one point and um, left Max Clark to run into the box. And I don't know if Shad didn't hear the, the shout from Max or, or what have you, but he sort of seemed to catch um, Shad off and... Um, and obviously, yeah, got in front of him, and look, yeah, it's a typical Max Clark goal, and obviously the the shish to the rain amend, I'm sure, angered a few of the, uh, the 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 punters in that that side. But yeah, look, for me, in terms of January, yeah, look, I, I, I've said it. I feel we need a proven twenty goal a season striker. Whether that is a Matt Smith esque type, whether that was a kind of Lyle Tyler, obviously there was rumours of him training with us type. Whatever we 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 need somebody who we can almost guarantee is going to score if we put the ball into the box. Now that could be McCauley Bond, but he's been given the opportunity, uh, and obviously so far it hasn't worked. That could be you know Ashley Addison. That could be Tom Nichols, but at the moment it just doesn't seem to be working with those guys. So yeah, January we need to get. I feel just somebody at that top. I hate to say it, you know, obviously the fact we missed out on Alfie May and obviously how well he's doing currently at, at Charlton is is kind of almost a kick in the teeth. It is almost like we put all our eggs in one basket trying to get him and, and we didn't. But we, I still feel we need that up the top. If we've got that, if we get that goal scorer in January or if it's going to be somebody in the team and they step up and it happens now with, with Clements in charge we are going to be unstoppable. We are going to be that sleeping giant. But until January comes and until Stephen can at least get his ideas put across to to the, you know, to the board and say, this is what he wants. And this is the kind of play he's looking for. You know, we, this is the team we've got. It's still a quality team. We just need to make sure that in January, if we're going to add players, it's quality players and not just numbers. Yeah, I think that's the positive thing. We might revisit this uh, January talk a bit later on in the episode, but I think we don't need many players is the, the positive I can take from it. I think there's just a couple of fine tunings that we need to do, we need to work with. And other than that, I think we'll, we'll, think we'll probably be fine, really. I don't think it's, it's not like a January last year where we obviously we knew we were staring down the abyss, if you like, and we were desperate to get in virtually a whole new team to try and fix it this season. It's probably more fine tuning, and we'll see because obviously, new manager Stephen Clemens will have his own sort of individuals in mind uh, whether that's by player specifics or just the type of player so we'll have to see what happens there but um i think someone of the ilk of a hawkins is if hawkins himself can't can't able to return then it would be a very very good piece of business and something we'd very much need um yeah, for the remainder of the half, there was only one real chance after that. It was uh, a ball in uh, from Clark again. Uh, Lapsy got on the end of it. I didn't realise at the time. Well, well, I did when I gave a corner, but I couldn't see it first off. Uh, obviously, with the view being on the other side, but Lapsy's uh, attempted uh, finish into the net was put over the bar by a uh, silver defender, one that he has to be very careful with because it only just got over the top of the bar. And uh, or another another time that could have been us two went up before the break, but then Salford could have argued the same. A ball into the back post for Matt, uh, Matt Smith again, got his head onto it, aimed it very, very well, just wide of the post. So I suppose in that sense, he didn't aim it very well, but got a good amount of power on it, knew where he was trying to put it and just put it wide. Um, but that was a half-time whistle, and I think everyone, uh, everyone at the break was um, not frustrated, but they were looking at it and thinking, you know, it could possibly go over way. Salford could come out stronger in the second half. We could come back and go back to that 10 or so minute period we had just before the goal and just after where we were 
pretty much in control of the game and, and looking very dangerous. And it was going to be up to either side to make their case to take all three points. It was very much there to be won from uh, both um, both teams' point of view. And uh, it was Salford who had the first chance of the second half. Connor McCowney, or McClaney, maybe, um, got in behind on the right-hand side, took a strike low across the ground, just wide of Turner's post. And that was really as good as it got for Salford for a very, very long time. Because uh, after that, it really got towards yeah, the... <laughs> the balance of play in our favour, the arena mend, making the noise, cheering the blues on. And uh, really from that point on, it was, it was all one way traffic and we didn't really see anything from Salford really until about the 80th minute, but we'll get to that. Uh, firstly, it was a cross from Clark again, who did very, very well. And we'll come to him soon. Um, Mahoney flicked it back at the back post. Nichols with a head of the opportunity, uh, probably an easy one, the one he actually put in, but got too much under it, got a bit, too much on the ball and it flew over the crossbar. It was a big opportunity missed and we were starting to think, is it going to be one of those nights where, you know, we have we have good chances in games, but we can't get it. Can't get that moment to put us in front and it might come back to bite us. But Tom rectified that mistake just three minutes later. Lewis um, got his head onto a, a ball from Johnny Williams. The first goal for Nico in the league this season and a first assist for Johnny Williams in the league this season. So two in one there in terms of statistics. Very, very good for both of them. Uh, Johnny with a, a brilliant ball in towards Tom, guides his header into the far post. Has to adjust himself a little bit, but Alex Kearns couldn't get anywhere near it. Good width on the cross. And then uh, Tom used that width on the ball just to guide it. Didn't he just put a lot of power onto it, just sort of nestled it into the far corner. And it gave us a, a very deserved lead at that point in the game because we'd started the second half like a house on fire. Already missed one big opportunity through Tom, but thankfully he was there to rectify it a few minutes later and hit it past Alex Cairns and, and gave us a very well-deserved lead. Yeah, he should, he should have scored the header earlier on. Um, it did feel when... Oh, it did feel when chances weren't coming um, too often earlier on in the game that that was a big chance miss, but then we created loads. And, yeah, Johnny Williams, like, like you said, we're going to come on to speak about specific players a bit later on, but I think he's playing with confidence now. Obviously, had the captain's armband today as well. He puts in a great cross. And, you know, ironically, we spoke about getting more players in the box. But Nichols, really, if I remember correctly, is the only one in there, really. And he, he gets the header spot on. And, um, yeah, it's just directed so well. And I think that's, that's big for him. I haven't read or watched his interview after the game. But I know he was speaking about um, the importance of getting a start and scoring and, trying to kick on, you know, he'll, he'll know how good he is, he'll know what he can do. And I think confidence sometimes we don't think about how much that can mean to players like Williams and Nichols, where, you know, they're, they're players that can be really, really good players on their day, but have not had the easiest time so far this year, I think it's fair to say. So, yeah, really good header, um, proper good finish to put us back ahead. I think, you know, at that point, we're all shot, we scored twice. And, uh, yeah, it was, I suppose we went on from there because we started to create a lot more chances after that as well. Yeah, mate, it was certainly a good reward for, for the moment um, in terms of how we started the second half. I know I mentioned Salford had that chance of uh, Conor McCowney, but I think it went a bit wider than I first thought. But the big chance missed just by uh, just before by Nichols, obviously, it looked to be a sign of a striker who, you know, desperate for that first league goal of the season, couldn't quite get it. And, then, thankfully, he had that second chance to pull it right. It's two goals in all competitions now, uh, both headers, funnily enough. And, uh, yeah, it's important for Tom, isn't it, to, to get off the mark and you know, a great assist for Johnny Williams as well. And 
it, it seemed to be a team that weren't afraid to to get the ball into the box. I know we had the we have the lowest uh, rate of crosses in the whole division in terms of actually putting the ball into the area from uh, wide positions. So that's discounting a uh, bottom basic zone. So that's just discounting set pieces and corners. Um, so for us to be doing that quite regularly as we were today, we've seen a lot more of it today than we have in recent games. It shows a new style of philosophy of what Stephen Clemens is wanting us to do. And, you know, we'll get on to another example of it in just a minute, but it's another another sign that doing more things we weren't doing specifically before is, is giving us new avenues to get into goal-scoring positions and score goals. And that was proven here, firstly, by by the goal from uh, from Tom from that Johnny Williams cross. It was. And actually, I've, I've got to say, something I noticed um, uh, at, when, it, when it happened was there was some brilliant, I think, tactical uh, play from uh, Stephen Clements on, from the touchline because a few minutes earlier, there was... Um, uh, probably maybe five minutes earlier, there was a bit of an injury. And something I had noticed in the first half, uh, Salford were, were defending very narrowly. They, they they weren't coming out wide. We were having to sort of come in, you know, it was only when we were sort of really getting out wide in their final third that they were then pushing out. So he, he had spoken to, to, uh, to Johnny Williams and I think he uh, literally said to him, hug this touchline make the defender come out, you know, from the, out of that final third, you know, and to get the ball, to get the cross in, it, it was a great cross, honestly. Um, Nichols had a great header. It kind of shows, and 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 I, I hate to be sort of the cynic when I say this, but when you put balls in the box and you've got strikers who can do that kind of thing, it does pay off. Unfortunately, under Neil Harris, we didn't do that enough. You, it's proved today we've put, I mean, we're going to talk about the other goal in a minute, but again, you put crosses into the box. If you've got players in there, there's a higher chance for you to score goals. If you've got players attacking that goal, you've got more chance of scoring. That's what we did today. And we scored three goals because of it. So there is definitely something working there with Stephen Clements. And honestly, I, I just think this is the start. And, you know, we, we, I think, you know, by the end of the season, that I may joke around when I speak in Man United 7-0, but I generally do believe we are going to put a team, give a team a thump in this year. There is something definitely working there. Um, the players have shown it. They've done it in front of us at the Rainerman. Let's go away, obviously, to Tranmere next week. Let's go and smash them. You know, they're not on a great run of form. We're up there. Let's show them how good we are. And let's get this style of football that Stephen Clements wants us to play and getting the ball in the box like that and, and get us scoring more goals. Yeah, Lewis, I mentioned uh, just a second ago that we are the lowest percentage of uh, crosses into the box and how changing that today obviously paid dividends and, and got us a couple of goals uh, we'll get on to the second one just now uh, it didn't take long after the first goal only uh, eight minutes I believe it was when Dom Jeffries rose highest to the back post to make it free uh, it's a really really well worked goal a lot of great involvement from a, lo- a lot of different players uh, the ball was played um, I think it was from Max Clark left to right to uh, Mahoney on the edge of the box uh, I think it was Dieng actually it came to first then to Mahoney sort of waves Alexander on the right-hand side to get him to go into that space. Alexander duly obliged and put in a cross, which was pinpoint, I think is the right way of saying it. I don't think it really could have been floating any better with as the right amount of power as it did. It was perfect towards the back post. Uh, I think, think Jeffrey's more or less on the goal line when he did it in. It might have been going on on his own, perhaps, but maybe it just needed that touch from Domi. Uh, headed it past Alex Cairns and in the space of 15 or so minutes of the second half, we'd, we'd taken full control of the game and it was, you know, another example of, of taking potential risks that we might not have done before. Maybe it's because, 
you know, we don't we haven't had Hawkins, we haven't had that, you know, big player in the box like Matt Smith or something that the players around him didn't feel like we want to get the ball into the box as much as we did today because it wasn't perhaps an avenue they thought was going to be more fortuitous because we didn't have that big target man. But it shows when you when you take risks, you try new things, it, it can work and it paid off brilliantly today, didn't it, with that first header from Nichols and then Dominic Jeffries uh rising at Bath. I was just looking at a photo of it now. He wasn't anywhere near the goal line. It's just a bit further off. So a bit um exaggerating on that one. But he climbed above uh Vassell after great work from Mahoney. Great brilliant ball from uh from Che and it was three one and I said within fifteen minutes or so of the second half we, we looked fully in control and, and deservedly deservedly so. Yeah, I didn't actually know that stat about uh Gillingham being the lowest uh being the team that puts the lo- the fewest crosses into the box. Um that's obviously a big concern. Obviously, I don't know if there's reasons for that, but you think as well under Neil Harris when we were quite a physical team that that would have been, you know, definitely not bottom at least. So, yeah, definitely, definitely paid off today. We do have some good crosses in the team. You know, you, you can see you can see from Williams' cross for Nichols' goal and Alexander's cross for Jeffrey's goal that we have good crosses, uh, crosses of the ball. You know, although we don't have too many natural wide players, um, we can put a good delivery in and. With um, with Clements as well, he said um, on on Friday about putting more players in the box is just just one of the things. You know, if you put more players in the box, law of averages is that you're going to score a few more, um, win a few more, that sort of thing. And you could tell that from Jeffrey's goal really, because you know, like you say, it was a brilliant cross from Che, and it was almost sort of floated. And I haven't watched it back, but I don't know if my memory's distorted, but it literally felt like four or five players were trying to attack that cross and. They've obviously just taken it upon them to, you know, get more bodies in the box. And Jeffries obviously does really well to to get above and and head it in. Um, it was a weird one because it didn't sort of fire in; it just sort of floated in. But that they all count nonetheless. I literally tweeted this morning to someone saying that Jeffries, I think, has done really well this year. I just think he needs to add a few more goals to his game. And we were debating whether we wanted Jeffries or Dieng to start today. And I'm a big fan of Jeffries, and you know, getting the goal today hopefully help him a little bit. I think he he did better playing in front of Coleman most of the time rather than alongside him. Um, it's actually quite ironic because I sort of envisaged under Carl Robinson when when there were rumours of him coming in that it was going to be a three of Coleman, Lapsley and, and Jeffries. And we, we pretty much got that today, obviously, with Lapsley having a bit more licence than everyone else. Um, but yeah, it's big for him because I think he's done really well generally and if he can add goals to his game then he's going to be a serious midfielder for this level and a serious asset as well and yeah like you say we were in control we had a few more chances as well um potential to to get a fourth and yeah I think we there was only one team that was going to win it at that stage and and we were the only team really that looked like scoring and we were by far the better team at that point which was which was really good to see Matt on the on the crossing situation I couldn't actually believe it at first when I first heard it that stat now actually took a second to think about it and I was like, oh, actually, maybe we don't play the ball into into the box as, as much as I thought we did. And that, that actual stat came from uh, Stephen Clements' interview with Radio Kent. He said it himself. He said he looked at it before uh, when he was taking a job and he knew all the uh, all the stats that perhaps fans like me, you, Lewis, etc. wouldn't be able to think of. You know, I don't think we'd really consider how many crosses we put into a game too much. But just to go to show the... Um, the work that's happening behind the scenes and to get in this new sort of style implemented and getting players to try and play a different way than they usually would when he's looking at 
things like that he's aware of how we how we attack how we like to try and move the ball and what positions we like to get into and he's also clearly trying to get us to play a different way with taking more risks putting more players into the box Tom Nichols in his interview also said about how Stephen's really keen to get players into the box a high volume of, of players obviously not to the point where we're going to get easy to counter-attack but enough that it can cause more issues than perhaps we would have done in the past and it's these little things I know it's only one game one isolated game where we scored three goals but seeing that we are trying to play in a different way we are putting more risks by putting more players into the box getting into crossing opportunities and delivering the ball which we weren't doing uh, in, in recent weeks and months. It does show promising signs, doesn't it? And good potential that we can have the players who can play this sort of, a certain way. And, you know, it's not going to work every week, but we can enjoy the fact that it is tonight and, and take the, the positives and see that there is growing signs of what we what Stephen Clements envisages this team to be. And as long as we keep putting the performances and putting these styles of play to effect and getting results from it, it's going to prove to be something that's only going to get better in, in yeah, week week by week, we hope, isn't it? Look, I, I can see Brad's listening, and and I believe he's he's thinking exactly the same thing that I'm going about to say. And look, Rome wasn't built in a day, and Stephen Clarence has literally only been there two weeks, and we put on a performance in that second half that look it was deserved. I, I I think I totally agree with what you said. We deserved in that second half to to win that game. We we looked like the only team that were going to go on and win it. There was a couple of chances that Salford had, but a couple of great saves by um from by Jake Turner. But apart from that, they didn't really threaten us. I mean, um, it, look, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day, and and I said that he's had a hell week, and and we've delivered that performance. He's got another whole week now to embed even more of his philosophy into this team. I can only see good things. You look at his personal background, what he's done, what he's been through, who he's coached, the clubs he's been at, the experience he's got. He's not, you know, thirty-six years old, first job in management type thing. He's, but he has. I don't want to say it like this, but he's been around the block at the end of the day. He's got some experience there. He's worked with some top, top coaches, some top, top players. Once he embeds his philosophy in this Gillingham team, and I think we saw it today. I really do. I think we saw probably 30% of what this team could be capable of. I, I, I honestly believe we can go on and kick on under him. The players need to buy into his philosophy that is key number one but you can kind of see that that they have today johnny williams was was absolutely brilliant today i thought he was brilliant last week he was absolutely brilliant today conor mahoney brilliant today tom nichols brilliant today. everyone was brilliant on that pitch today. I, max clark was brilliant today everyone was brilliant because they believe in in their manager. If, if they didn't believe in their manager, they wouldn't give a hundred percent. They 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 did today. And that second half, we outplayed them because the team believe in this coach. And honestly, I just feel now, especially with this next week, we've got on the training pitch. We're going to a team that are, are down there. Yeah, they might have a new manager in place, but they're not going to be hundred percent confident. We're pushing for the playoffs. We'll go away, and I, I feel we can do a number on them because we've got a team that believe in this coach who, who I believe, honestly, is at the start of a really magical coaching journey for him. Yeah, certainly Rome wasn't built in a day, but it's good to see the uh, the early signs coming to fruition. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, we know that, but 
every game that passes, he's going to have more opportunity to get to know the players and more opportunity to put the attention to detail and then get it onto the pitch as well. And in an ideal world, that's going to work out brilliantly for us. Um, in terms of the, the rest of the game, Salford had one big chance, one really, really big chance, not far long after the uh, the goal from uh, Jeffries. It was a through ball that found Smith. Um, he went through on goal, just Jake to beat, but Jake got out very, very quickly and made a great save to prevent the, the target man from, from slotting in. I feel less scared about Matt Smith running through one-on-one than I do with a ball in the box towards Matt Smith if he's marked by 100 people. I think there's more chance of him winning that header and scoring than there is from him scoring a 1v1 with the balls at his feet, such as his uh, aerial prowess. But um, yeah, that was a big chance for Salford, really, in, in the second half. Um, Jules made a few changes not long after. Jaden Clark, the first one on 75 minutes to replace uh, Connor Mahoney. Ashley Nadison returned to the Priestfield pitch not long after on 80 minutes replacing Tom Nichols, the first time we've seen Ashley since, I believe, the win against MK Dons, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, quite a long time since we've seen him. Captain for the day, Johnny Williams was then replaced by Tim Dieng on uh, 81 minutes and then came the chance for us to not wrap it up, I think the game was wrapped up, but to put a bit more uh, bit more gloss on the scoreline. It was a corner swung in from Clark at Ogie. I thought it, I think it was he got the first contact on it. I wasn't sure initially if it was him or Dieng, uh, but I think it was Ogie from what people have uh, said. I haven't seen it back yet, but his header cannoned off... Uh, the bar. I know he's been waiting for that moment to get that first goal, but it hasn't quite arrived from yet, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, the rebound fell to Ethan Coleman. I don't think you need too much about it. I think he just had to swing something at it because it came in so quickly. But it was uh, cleared off the line from Salford, and we were denied a fault, which would have been a nice way to to wrap up the game. Uh, Macaulay Bond then came on to replace George Lapsy with a minute remaining of normal time as we went into seven more after that. Um, a very, very big chance in injury time for Salford. Uh, McClendy again with another effort, this time saved from Turner, who and then denied Nami from uh, the rebound. And, you know, that sort of Salford really having that sort of chance where they have to score to give them any chance to get back into the game. It didn't happen for them, and I'm sure they accepted their fate at that stage as uh, Jules saw out the remaining four or so minutes of injury time to take a 4-1 victory, a uh, 3-1 victory at Prutal. Sorry, I should say. Would have been nice to be four, but we'll take the three. Um, after the game, Stephen Clements took to the media, says it's all about winning football matches. I got a lovely reception. That was nice. This group of players will give their all for the supporters. I'm enjoying the responsibility. He went on to say, I want to do well for supporters, players and owners. I am proud of the players. That attitude has been fantastic. Uh, then it was Tom Nichols' turn to take the hot seat. He said, we needed that win and I thought it was a very good performance. It was nice to start the game and get the goal. It's nice to get the three points. We know there are a lot of areas to improve on, but we need to work hard on the training ground. It was a tough start to the game. There are uh, times we have to dig in. We are not too far away from the playoffs, but we are not looking too far ahead. That's Tom Nichols and uh, Stephen Clements talking to the media after today's game. And that wraps up our section of talking about the goings-on in the game. We're now going to get on to uh, individual performances. We picked up three uh, for today, Lewis, it's your turn round on the, the speaker system. So I'm going to let you take the floor for today and tell me and everyone else your opinions on the uh, performance of standing captain today, um, the Welshman himself, Mr. Johnny Williams. Yeah, it's been a bit of a curious case, really, since he signed. Um, he obviously wasn't someone we were actively pursuing. You know, we all know the story about him trying to sign, well, about to sign for Bradford and then Hez and Tyler, I think it was, sort of identified that he was available and got him on board. Um, a lot of the time under Neil Harris, I didn't understand why we needed Williams or Lapsley, really, let alone both of them. 
because that just wasn't really how he rolled. Uh, I think his preferred formation was always going to be 4-4-2 and neither of them really fit into that. But under Stephen Clements, Williams is the perfect player, really. Um, someone that's going to get on the ball, someone that's more than comfortable on the ball. And playing on the left as well is, is so different playing on the left under Clements compared to Harris because, you know, like I said earlier, he can actually get involved. He can actually play with the ball rather than feeling no scraps or have to go in the air or or that sort of thing. And, and playing in what was the worst attack in the league. So, yeah, I was really impressed with him at Wrexham. I think he was by far our best player. I think a lot of players were poor at Wrexham, but... I thought Johnny Williams was, was the best player. Um, Clements has spoke about giving him a bit more freedom and just not putting pressure on him. And I think it's shown he can come off the left and he can play in those those sort of half spaces, if you like. And and that's what he wants to do, really. You know, he can play central, but in recent years at, at Swindon and at Gilles, I suppose, he, he's played off the left, really. And he can come and get involved from that side with, with Lapsley coming in as well on the right. And I quite like that. Um, and yeah, I think we saw that at Wrexham without without him creating too much. And then today, today we saw that as well. I know he obviously went off of a knock. Hopefully that's not serious because he's really coming into his own now. And someone who's comfortable, you could see the relief of when he put the cross in uh, for Nichols' goal and the congratulations he got as well as, as well as Nichols as well. So yeah, really impressed really. Someone you can trust with the ball at his feet. And in those sort of little triangles, if you like, in the 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, for that left side worked really well today. So, yeah, really, really pleased. And, and hopefully he's all right because it'd be a big shame if he was to miss any any game time. Yeah, it looked as though the, the change was coming anyway for Johnny. I think he was probably looking to be replaced. He doesn't tend to play 90-minute matches when he starts anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I hope and assume he's going to be okay. Heading into what is another three week ahead of uh, the, the trip to Tranmere, which is always uh, pl- positive to get everyone back on the grass and training again ahead of uh, another big big league fixture. Matt, um, we had a bit of debate which one's going to take this, but we've given it to you, of course. Um, uh, on your return to the show, you, you take precedent, as you should. Uh, Tom Nichols got his first goal in the league today, second in all competitions following a goal against uh, Luton in the Carabao Cup. He was a, a return to the starting eleven for the first time in a while and obviously got the goal to, to repay the faith showed, showed to him by Stephen Clements. Um, yeah, give us your rundown of, of Tom Nichols' performance today. What impressed you most about the, the performance for my number nine? First off, I, I've got to say, um, the, the three or four times when the ball was pumped up to him uh, in the air, I'm, I'm loving the fact that even though he's, you know, like five foot nothing, he, he still was going for the ball and, and still, you know, managed to actually a couple of the times beat his defender and get the ball to sort of bounce past them. So the defender misjudged it. I thought that was excellent. His work rate w- w- was, was top notch. And for me, my initial thought beforehand was if any player deserved a goal, you know, um, before he'd actually scored, it was him. And, and obviously, the you know, first chance he had uh, where he headed it over, you could see he was absolutely gutted. He knew he should have done better. He should have at least hit the target. But the, 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 when the opportunity came for him to obviously get the goal, um, you know, he still had to beat his defender, get in front of him, power the header past the goalkeeper. He did it. It was absolutely excellent. I mean, two shots today, obviously one on target, which was the goal and the one over. Um, he got a... A booking for kicking the ball away, I know, which which was a bit silly, but um, you know we we can forget about that. But honestly, he was he was top notch today. He is a quality player. He saved us last year. Ultimately, you know, 
if you ask any Jules fan, it was basically, you know, sort of him and, and Ollie Hawkins that saved us. He deserves the credit that he got today. He was an absolute outstanding player on the pitch. He worked his socks off for the team up front, all on his own. And yeah, I look, yeah, he's definitely in for starting next week as well. Yeah, certainly a very strong performance uh, from Tom. Whether we see him in a two revert, McCauley or someone else uh, over the week next weekend, or whether he goes alone again, we do not know. Another option, of course, with uh, Ashton Addison coming back into the fray. Uh, this isn't related to Jules at all, but if anyone's wondering, uh, France are currently beating Gibraltar 12 0. I've just seen it appear on my flash score, so that's interesting. Um, let's see them play uh, San Marino at some point. Um, but yeah, regardless, I uh, thought that might be interesting to some people. Um, I've taken on uh, the, the Max Clark role first tonight. I'm not playing left back, I'm just talking about him. Um, Something about Max Clark is, I think, I'll be honest, when I've seen him come in for Scott Malone on the occasions where Scott hasn't been available due to suspension or, or knocks here and there, I don't think he's covered himself in a lot of glory and a lot of those occasions. I don't think he's really shown to be the level of Scott Malone, which obviously is a very high level, but I don't think he's come in and, and really shown, shown the world a light. I thought for the first 20 minutes he looked a bit shaky. He got the yellow card quite early on, but after that, I thought Max Clark was brilliant today. I really did. He put in a lot of great balls into the box and with this new style that uh, Clemson is trying to implement of putting balls into the box, having players available, someone who is a great technician on the ball in terms of crossing abilities like Max Clark is going to be a massive bonus for us. Um, I thought he did really, really well today, Max. Um, every time he was free on the left-hand side, he put in great deliveries, made it difficult for the Salford uh, centre-halves uh, to defend. Obviously, could have got an assist right near the end for that Ogie header from his corner, which was uh, unfortunately just uh, hit, the, hit the bar and went out. But I think I think with Max, we've been looking to have either side two good players in in the right back and the left back position. I think we have that when uh, Mackenzie's available in terms of where, if Shea isn't, and I think we have it in in Max if uh, Scott isn't available. I think whatever the problem is with Scott, I think my perform, uh, the performance of Max Clark today is is giving me a lot of uh, a lot of joy and a lot of praise uh, towards him. I thought the first twenty minutes he was shaky, but again we weren't particularly great as a team at that point anyway. But I thought second half Max was really, really good, really, really strong, and I think it's going to be one of those performances that he can take a lot of a uh, lot of credit from and a lot of uh, confidence from as well. And I think it's the sort of performance he put in today that made it obvious to see why he was part of a, a team that got promoted from this division last year. And uh, hopefully that will continue. And um, yeah, huge props to, to Max Clark um, tonight, um, boys. Between us, I've, I've selected those as our three options for potential man of the match. Um, we'll go for whoever we think of as a consensus. Um, I know Ethan Coleman got it uh, officially today on the uh, on the uh, sponsorships. Uh, I thought Ethan was good today. I thought he's, yeah, I think he's good every week. The level of Ethan Coleman is very, very high, as we know. Um, but I do think that there were, there were three players who really shone today, and those are the three we, we picked out. I don't know if we're going to be biased and pick the player we've talked about, but I, I'm going to break that wall from the start. Um, Lewis will come to you then, to Matt. I'd actually... I think I'd give my man of the match today to Johnny Williams. Um Again, I thought he was industrious. I thought we saw the best of him in the middle. Uh, Tom and Max obviously did very, very well throughout the game, as we know. But I think the little pieces of magic, quick ball ability can move the player on. I thought, and the, and the big moment of getting his first assist in the league this season, I thought it was a very big moment for Johnny. And it's starting to see the, the player we've signed. So I think for me personally, I'd be going with uh, Johnny Williams as, as, as the man of the match today. What about you two? You can pick someone who isn't in the three if you want to as well. Yeah, I... I... Uh, similar sort of reasons, really, but I'm going to go Nichols because, you know, when the sponsors or when Doug starts to read out on the tannoy, you know, the 
player of the match today voted by the sponsors you start to think who it's going to be and I said to my dad I was like surely it's Nichols um Coleman as you said fantastic I didn't realize it was his shot that got cleared off the line after the after Ogie hit the bar I thought it was Jaden Clark but um yeah re- really good player um got to meet him yesterday as well great great just great player to have around all, all together really and as you said his level's really high um, so yeah, I'm, I've got no qualms with that. I've no qualms with Johnny Williams. Um, don't think Max Clark did as well as as, as you said, Owen. Personally, um, I thought he was a little bit shaky, but I still I think he got better as the game went on, and he's proven to be a great understudy. We know that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Nichols because I said I said as I said I said to my dad at the time that it was going to be Nichols. I thought he did really well for his goal and he, he he looked very threatening up front and it's always handy because he's so good with the ball at his feet that he can sort of link that play and when he's got the likes of Williams and Lapsley getting up there with him as well, it's really good and um, similar nil, uh, similar reasons in terms of moving the ball and, and creating that space. But yeah, Nichols just edges the other two for me and also it's 13 nil now to France. So Tom Nichols, uh, man of the match for me. Do you know, I'm literally sitting here laughing <clears throat> because uh, obviously, Owen, you had picked Johnny Williams. Lewis has picked um, Tom Nichols. And actually, for me, it would have been Max Clark. <laughs> I, I actually thought Max was excellent today. I got a lot just like you, you said, Lewis, you know, and he was slow at the start. Yes, it took him a while to get into the game, but... I thought he was. I thought his play was excellent. It looked like he had been in that team, you know, since the start of the season. But when he, when, well, yeah, especially in that second half. So for me, I would have given it to to Max. Um, but you know, if I had to tie a break out of either of you two, if I had to pick one of them, I, I would have then probably gone with Tom. Well, just as you know, it, I, I, I gave gave us all a certain player, and I went against who I picked to try and make it not biased. So we all end up picking each other's player. So there you go. Uh, let's just say it was a freeway tie. Why not? Um, we're not the ones who make the decision on the uh, on the day during the game, but still, regardless, um, very good performances from all three of them. Uh, before we head off uh, tonight, gents, um, I wanted to get your opinions, Lewis. Um, not on the game, and Matt as well. If you've seen it, I've actually haven't actually had the chance to, to go inside and look yet. Um, I wasn't around last night and I got to the game pretty late today and I was on the way out. I was going to have a look, but the queue was really big and I needed to get the train home. But um, I've seen pictures and videos. It looks very snazzy. looks very nice and well done. Lewis, I know you were there yesterday for the, uh, the Grand Reveal. Just give us your, fir- your first thoughts on the um, on the new and improved uh, Gillingham Megastore. What are you thinking about it? Yeah, I was there. I was, I was second through the door, um, proudly. Walked down with my dad and there was a gentleman in front of us who we got chatting to who um, he had his autograph book and stuff and I saw him in there. He he was there just before us. But yeah, we were second and third through the door. Um, you could see it before before the doors opened. Um, we were outside and we were looking in and the team were all working hard. You know, the, the usual faces. Joe, Shannon was there. I saw Brad in there. Um, ben and Joe in the ticket, ticket section. Meg was there as well. And see it sort of what's on offer. Um, you can see all the people at the club doing their photo for the opening of the store as well, which is great. Obviously, they've all worked really hard and can be really proud. Uh, yeah, we went straight for the shirts because I'm not bought. I hadn't well, I have now, but I hadn't bought a shirt until until now because I know the sizing can be a bit iffy, and I, I wanted to try it on first. So, uh, oh, 14 nil, brilliant. Um, anyway, yeah, I I, I bought a shirt. Um, I also bought a training shirt and a sort of pullover that I wore today. 
which was great. Love a bit of merch. Uh, bought some other stuff as well. Uh, I got a mug, a plaque, and a, a pen as well, I think. But yeah, really good. It looks really neat. It's a lot bigger. Obviously, it's in a different place to to where the old one was. Um, I know there's more stock going in as well. It looks really modern and smart. Um, it was really, really popular. A lot of people there and, and people queuing out the door, that sort of thing. I'd love to know how much they made because there was, there was a lot of sales. Um, but I just think it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's really good. It benefits everyone. The, the fans can wear what they want to wear and use the merch. Um, the club gets more money, more engagement. Um, I think it's absolutely baffling that it was closed down by Paul Scully, but it's really good that Brandon Shannon have managed to, to put it bring it back within a year of taking over the club so that's absolutely brilliant um and it's going to be open a lot so i'll definitely be uh sort of giving it another visit before christmas great to see everyone there as well um when i bought my shirt and saw ethan coleman i said to him i was going to get his name on my shirt and he, he sort of laughed and said that's great and then i went and did it and went back and i said to him look i wasn't lying and he said oh that's great i've not seen that before he was brilliant. Stood chatting to him for about 20 minutes about life at Jill's. He said he absolutely loves it. Um, you know, he's really found a home. Finally found out why he wears an armband every week anyway, even though he's not captain, um, which has been bugging me for ages. Um, the reason is because he got used to being a captain when he was younger, so he got used to the feeling. So he wears an armband now. Obviously, he finished the game as captain today, I think, didn't he? So, so that was good. Um, great chat with Robbie Stockdale as well, who, who's moved down here temporarily. Um, well, not temporarily. Obviously, he's at he's at the club, but in terms of having to relocate for for work, lucky enough to speak to Clement, spoke to Brad as well, and yeah, I think it was just a massive success. I think everyone's really really pleased with how it's gone. Um, it's going to keep being positive. I saw the queues out the door today, so yeah, really happy with it. Looking forward to seeing some more stuff added as well. And for people like me who enjoy stuff like like shirts and and mugs and all this sort of thing then yeah it's a massive massive plus and yeah i'm just really happy with it really i'm sure i'm sure the club are as well so what why did you choose to go for ethan coleman over one that says me then the number seven and podcast at the bottom i'm I'm, I'm, I'm not bothered i'm just curious see that was my first choice but where you have the sponsor logo at the bottom um unfortunately podcast wouldn't have fit in there so i had to go with a player unfortunately I suppose that's understandable. Um, Matt, have you have you had a chance to look inside yet? One, one thing I do like um, is when before you actually get in, there's a little, little bit above it, a little sort of semicircular sign over the top of it. I think that's really good, really stands out. Um, have you had a chance to go in yet? And if so, what's your thoughts on it? Or, or if not, what did you think from what you saw from the, the videos and photos that have been going around? Yeah, so I, I unfortunately, obviously, for, I, I live down in Canterbury and had to work uh, late yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to go yesterday, but I managed to get in there uh, before the uh, the game today uh, and decided to hang around. Uh, first off, Brad, I can see you're listening. Apologies, I haven't spent any money in there yet. I will, but I, I, I'm a bit skint at the moment. I've got to wait for payday. Christmas is just around the corner neither, and all neither, that. Neither did Joe Comparable, looks at the video. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, th- I did wonder about that. Yeah. Uh, but look, um, so f- from a fan point of view, absolutely love it. I think the layout's great as well. Um, I- I- it looks really clean and fresh. Um, love the way the-, the-, the shirts are displayed on the very back as well. Love all the actual merch. Had a good look around. Um, 
I, I, you know, I was in Gillingham Heaven. Obviously, you guys know how much I am. A, I'm a Jills fan, and you know, I was I was in Jills Heaven, literally walking around there, thinking, "God, I want this, I want this, I want this." I literally, I would have had one of everything, including some of the lady wear, ladies wear. Um, but look, um, from a retail point of view, the opportunity, the space. The way it's laid out, there is so, so, so much more they could actually do in that space. It's unbelievable. You know, look, we're not all going to be cramming in there, you know, from, from nine till five, Monday to Friday. It's, it's going to be match day. So, you know, yeah, you can move stuff around, which is great, and free up space. But during the week, there's so much more opportunity to bring much more stock in there. Um, in terms of creating money as well for the club, this is such a great opportunity. Yes, I understand we're going to have to pay for staff, but in the long run, if we're do- selling good quality merchandise from that store and people are happy to go in there and buy it, that's more money towards the club. That's People don't understand that, you know, for every pound you spend, that goes towards a, a future player's wages. You know, a player that we're going to bring in on, or, you know, whether it's going to be on loan or on a permanent, that pound that you spend goes towards their wages. So it's worth going in there and having a shop of a great quality shop and with great quality products. Honestly, this is an opportunity now for this club to grow even stronger just from selling merchandise. The, the whole point as well, and the whole names on your shirts, get it done while you wait. I think it's a great idea. You've got your different stations in there. It, it's perfect. The fan engagement centre is is a great, great addition there as well because you can go in there and you can get your, I think you're going to be able to get your tickets in there soon. And, you know, if you've lost anything, again, it's a great opportunity to have it all in one place. Honestly, from a club point of view, as a, as a Gillingham fan, it's a 10 out of 10. But from a retail point of view, honestly, as a store place and what the opportunity it's got, it's, it's an 11 out of 10. I'm sure everyone will be... Uh there in and around Christmas time to get with the, the relative needs for potential Christmas presents. Uh, it seems like there's a lot to pick from. I'll get a proper good look at it when I have the time to go down there. We were lucky enough to have a look at it before it opened um, when we did our live show at Brutal last time, but it was also before any of the stock was in. So it was uh, more of a, a chance to look at the whole room as a whole, but without actually any of the stock in it. So it was a bit of a bit of a calm before the storm and I've yet to see the storm, but I will do when I have the chance. Um, Matt, if you were to get a play on the back of your shirt like Lewis did, who would you go for? Oh, see, right now, look, my favourite player for the duels at the moment is Turner. So it would have to be Turner, Jake Turner. I'd have to get a goalkeeper shirt and and have Turner on the back because I think for, for at the moment, you know, we we sing it. He's uh, he's England's number one. He's a brilliant goalkeeper, so it would have to be him. Very strong choice uh, on this season's uh, evidence so far. So, Stephen Clements begins league life at Prusil with a 3-1 victory over Salford City. Goals from, uh, in the first half, Conor Mahoney, then a leveller from Matt Smith, proceeded two goals in the second half from Tom Nichols and Dominic Jeffries to seal a 3-1 victory for Gillingham, who now sit uh, within goal difference of the playoffs ahead of a trip to Tranmere Rovers next week. We will be uh, back on Thursday to... Uh, talk about that and preview what should be a, a tough but winnable uh, game at Prince and Park as Jules look to get back on track away from home after that disappointing result at Wrexham last weekend. But for today, it's all happy, it's all smiles and it's three points on the board for Stephen Clements and his new look Jules side. Until next time, up the Jules and good night. <laughs>